Ladies here, aka Poonam. Can you believe we are on the fourth episode of the Yes Mate podcast? And sitting opposite me is my pal, Alia. <laughs> Hello. Hi, mate. How's it going? So, I'm not even going to do an intro. Why don't you introduce yourself? Okay, wow. I don't know how I can match that energy, but um, my name's Alia. I'm a photographer and art director. And the work that I like to make touches upon my queer identity and my biracial background. And if you'd like to follow me um, and see more of my work, uh, check out A8LIA on Instagram. A A. No. So, at, at A. a- Eight, the number the number eight L I A, yeah. <laughs> in that's on Insta and what's your website? AliaRamanyali.com. But like Instagram's the best place. IG's the one. Yeah. So if you want to go check that out, and I mean, let's be fair, girl, been busy. Yeah. You oh my have god. Been so busy. <laughs> like, can you share with us like what you've been working on? So are you allowed to give this away? Yeah, I yeah, am yeah. because it's out already, isn't it? Oh yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. So. Um, recently, um, drum roll, sorry, (laughs) (laughs) well, Levi's basically contacted me, um, asking me to make a body of work, like commissioning me to make a body of work. And it was like in partnership with Queer Britain. Um, and they wanted to basically put together an exhibition, um, during Pride. So that's what I've been working on over May. So I... Um, put together like a body of work of 15 images with my collective called Bideshi, so Amba and Salwa. Big up. Yeah. (laughs) And um, yeah, so we are finally exhibiting and like the news is out that, you know, yeah, the poster's out and everything and soon we'll be dropping the video as well. What day is it? What day is it? So, oh yeah, so the exhibition's on the 25th of June and it's until the 1st of July and um, it's in Covent Garden. Um, That's a big deal. Yeah, I know. Um, the I don't know the address. Should I? Yeah, it's on the IG, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's shared literally everywhere. So, if you're in London during that time, you should definitely come over. It's free, so... Is it? Yeah, it oh, is. Oh, okay, I didn't know Yeah, that. yeah, so come through. No, you don't need to spend any money to see, like, the work of four photographers. Um, basically, shining a light on the lgbtqia plus community so yeah oh my god i'm so excited i'll be there every day yeah literally i'm gonna be there every day i, 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 will, I will be there yeah. I, I don't think I, I don't think i'll like think it's real until i'm actually there and even when i'm there exciting it's, but a little bit nervous bit yeah exciting. i'm very nervous <laughs> oh, there's nothing to be nervous but it's exciting it's like a new it's like your first exhibition right so yeah it's a big deal i mean i've never actually exhibited before and i've always been kind of picky about how I guess how I present my work so it's nice that like a company like Levi and like um, a museum like Queer Britain want to I guess champion my work so yeah it's exciting um, I'm so excited my, my face right now is like <laughs> I know literally I like don't shut up about anything and this has been a big secret for almost a month and a half now and it's been tough keeping it <laughs> it's been tough but you know come soon and we're going to be seeing all this amazing uh, work that you guys have put together yeah and so how many <laughs> um, how many images is it do you, can you 
Yeah, so it's 15 images from me. So they're four photographers. Um, I'm one of them. We'll ha they'll have postcards as well, and you can um, make a donation to uh, the Queer Britain charity. So it goes to a, like an LGBTQ um, plus charity, and my section will basically covers um, the stories of five different chosen families in the Desi LGBT community, because I feel like um, as they sees, we don't really have any representation or like queer representation, especially. So I focused on five different people, um, you know, from, you know, with different backgrounds to tell their stories through these photos. Um, so if that sounds like it would be something you'd be interested in, then come through. Hell yeah. So how did you get into photography? I feel like it's a long story. I mean, it's not that long, but um, basically I grew up between India and Italy. So I was born in India, in Bangalore, um, because I'm half Indian and half Italian. And then we moved to Italy until I was about five. And then when I was five, when I started primary school and everything, I moved back to India and basically stayed there until I finished my A-level. So until I moved here. Um, and when I was in school, especially like elementary, in the middle of like elementary and middle school, um, I really got into photography, but it was, um, it was just a hobby, you know, obviously, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And it was a good escape for me. I think it was the best way for me to express myself visually. So my Aji, my Indian grandma, um, bought me this like cheap 35 millimeter film camera from like the corner shop like the supermarket um for literally five pounds something like that i mean in indian rupees it was 500 so it's expensive, expensive yeah. yeah it was but it was like it wasn't a disposable one it was one that you keep like changing the film um and then since then because it was so cheap to develop film in india i just got really really into it and I started shooting on like Agfa Vista like and Kodak Color Plus which are two really really cheap films so the thing with those films is the saturation is really I guess um intense and it's very vibrant so that was kind of how that was the aesthetic I was really drawn to and over I guess over high school I just ended up building my portfolio I took pictures of my friends my family and then I would gift them like albums for their birthdays for special occasions for Christmas it was like the cheapest and most thoughtful gift such a lovely I gift. knew I could yeah. give you know I knew everyone I kind of had an archive of each person who was important to me in my life and would put it together for an important event oh. and kind of gift it to them. So that's how I started. And um, my mom always really, really encouraged my creative side because she's a designer. Um, so growing up, you know, she'd take me to art fairs. She'd take me to the flower market on Sundays. She'd like, you know, we would travel around India a lot because she really wanted me to understand my roots and my culture and especially the creative side you know because she was so interested in textiles and um just embroidery and visuals as well um you know she would I was really exposed to different weavers and artisans and different dyeing methods and you know she'd take me to like the indigo plantation and it'd be like what is that smell and it was the smell of sulfur because that's how they dye indigo I'd be like get me out of here but now I realized how rich 
that up- mm, that upbringing was. Yeah, that you had. yeah, all of the experiences. Like she used to, I don't know, take me to art fairs all the time and let me pick out the art that I like better from local artists. And that was, I guess, that way of learning and absorbing not just photography and films, but just all you know different kinds of art forms really got me interested in I guess capturing moments and the visual media that I work with now so that's kind of how I started and your work is for anyone that doesn't know it's really colorful yeah and you use obviously a lot of color yeah. in that and would you say that your experiences that's kind of like the background of that and then you you've built that and then it's just you, you've been exploring through that medium. Yeah, I think it started off because of the whole me using the cheapest film possible and that just, you know, you know, it just happened to be very highly saturated and how and what I was attracted to at the time or I guess what, what I could afford because obviously when I was a kid, it was like I would ask my mom to buy me a roll of film and that was, and I'd obviously go for the cheapest one and it would be, I guess those moments were very, very precious to me because, you know, I was very aware about, um, I guess, what I was capturing. So that's kind of where the colour comes from. Also, I think I amped up how much colour I used in my work when I moved to London because I moved to London... Is that three? Three, three over th- yeah, yeah, over three years ago. I haven't hit four years yet. But I moved here for university because I did a film and television degree. Um, and that's like another story. I realised I didn't like it but didn't want to go back to India um, because I'd literally just moved to London and, you know, had... Um, I guess I think when people come to London they it's like a different world right Mm -hmm. you explore so many other things and I wasn't ready to leave yet when I realized I didn't like my course so I ended up just I guess building my photography portfolio the reason why I did film was because um, my school wasn't very supportive of my choice to actually pursue a creative um feel like yeah try to go down a creative path which was strange because my mom was a creative but I think I got so swayed and I guess I didn't really listen to what I wanted I just kind of did what I thought would make other people happy and so I ended up picking film because of the big Bollywood industry I was like I'm bound to get a job I know everyone's telling me I'm going to be unemployed if I go into photography okay fine I'll go I'll do something that's closest to it but I knew that it wasn't what I wanted to do the entire time and I did it so then when when did you I guess it's almost like taking a bit of a risk isn't it and actually you you was listening to yourself and you you trust your instinct for you to be like actually film is not the way for me and I want to focus on photography. When did you get to that stage where you like, this is what I'm going to do now? Was it was it towards the end of your course? Was it mid? Or um, well, was it when, you, when you finished? Well, I thought that... So, although I didn't want to do film, I tried to make the most out of my course because my course was good and I specialised in set building and art direction. So that is kind of why... Um, for me now when I do when I take photographs I like to take them I guess in very artificial settings because I like building a set around a person Mm. and um, allowing the subject to be part of the set and that really comes from my background in film into I, I guess how I photograph now so I'm very grateful for the experiences that I had but towards the end no towards 
I guess my second year, I realized that if I really wanted to pursue a career in photography, um, I would have to, I guess, freelance and hustle and work for free for the last two years I was in university and then see where I'm at when I finish. And that's kind of what I did. So I networked as much as I could and I um, put my work on Instagram, submitted my work to magazines and tried to put myself out there as much as possible. For me it was a bit easier in terms of the type of work I wanted to make because I knew the style I was interested in. Yeah, and also I feel like if you, like, it depend, you know, it doesn't really depend on what course you do or whatever. Like, if you have some kind of di direction in what field you want to do as well, it always helps that journey of navigating that easier. Yeah. Um, rather than when you're, like, you, you're totally unaware and you're like, I don't really know where this is kind of going, yeah. you know? I mean, I like to think that my visual style is quite distinctive because I feel like, I hope I'm at the point where somebody sees my work. I'm still young and I think I have so much time and, you know, I I should experiment more as well. But I'm at the point right now where I feel like I know what I like to make and that's what I looked for while I was u at uni. So by the time I finished, I felt secure enough um where I kind of felt like, okay, I can try this out. I can start assisting people and try it out freelance as well. Um, but I feel confident in what I want to say and do and how I want to do it. But that's also because you've given that form and that you've given it time yeah. to work on that yeah. and I guess to question all these things rather than focusing like I'm just at uni and I'm doing a film course or I'm doing you know and then I'll, I'll figure that out yeah. at the side it's like you were figuring out both at the same time yeah. and you obviously have grown and you felt something towards this medium which is why you you're you're flourishing yeah exactly and, and I think that's quite um that's quite a big kind of topic because I feel like a lot of people especially with young people that go to university these days it's like they're doing something but they might not necessarily know what the future holds within that field but like you've just beautifully said it's about exploring other things within the time that you have because obviously when you're at uni as well it's like yeah you've got your lectures you've got your workshops all that kind of stuff but i i, I truly i truly believe i truly believe <laughs> that um you know, if you're passionate about something, whether you're studying, I don't know if you're studying architecture and you're really into animation or whatever, whatever that passion is, like, you should put time into it and, yeah. and explore it because yeah. also that time of being at uni, and I'm just getting a little bit nostalgic here, it's like that you're never going to get that time back. Yeah. And once you step out of uni and you're into the real world, it's like, right, okay, like, I had that time and, you know... I was feeling lazy because I didn't want to do this. And it's like, if you've got that time, utilise your time. Yeah. And, and you know, because at the end of the day, it's like, you have one life. And it's like, what kind of life do you want to create? I know we talk talk a lot about this. Yeah, that's the first thing yeah. you said to me when we met. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did I? Yeah. yeah. But I feel like with this whole thing, um, I think that you really need to have the hustle in you. You really need oh, to want something mm. enough mm. to, whether you go to uni or not, to be able to, I guess, to push yourself to do it. Because I think that if you're choosing, um, a, I guess, a career in the arts, uni doesn't necessarily, isn't, you know, it's not necessarily the best path for yeah. everyone. Yeah. 
Um, for me, I think that I would have learned far more if just through experience. Um, so I don't think you necessarily need an institution. I think the facilities that they offer you are amazing and you won't be offered those kind of facilities anywhere else in the real world because it requires money. Mm. Um, but then again, you're going to, you're going into debt, you know, for... Yeah, but then also it's it's what you do with your time and how you explore those facilities. Yeah. And, and, and actually it's like... Yeah, you might not have that clear direction. Okay, by the time I leave, I want to be a director or whatever. Yeah. But it's about exploring while you're there and yeah. using using that time. Because like you said, yeah, when you leave, no one's going to just give you a studio for yeah, free. exactly. Um, or or, or whatever, whatever it might be. Yeah. No, but I do think that you don't necessarily need you need to have a su- successful career in the arts. I think it depends on the path that you want for yourself and some people like the security, like I like the security of knowing, you know, what I was going to do for the next few months mm. and using the facilities that I had um in my spare time and trying to make the most of I guess the environment I was in. Um, I also learned how to hustle when I moved to uni. I didn't know how to do that before because obviously living in India, it was my my priorities were very, very different. You know, I just wanted to go to school, get good grades and get into a good university. That was like, that was what I was doing. And then my art and like my photography was something I did for fun and just as a hobby on the side. And it was like, it took a lot of my time, but it wasn't with the intention of like, having a career in it it was more what's the next step for me academically and I think that that's a lie that a lot of like institutions and just now we're told um because I feel like um people can be successful creatively in many different ways Mm. there's not one path Mm. for Mm. you it's different if you're doing I don't know a law degree or economics or something yeah you need to go study for that but I think that you can be successful you know with with the facilities you have it doesn't necessarily necessarily mean you need to go and spend a whole load of money to next question (laughs) is leading me on beautifully what advice would you give to young creatives that have just graduated or you know they want to get into photography and they're just putting the feelers out and you know i don't know investing a lot of money into equipment like from your experience, from obviously going from uni to what you're doing now, what advice would you give these youngsters, or even maybe not even that they're young, but just to anyone that wants to get into photography? Well, I think post graduation depression is a real thing. Yeah. Because I don't think that, I guess, as 21 year olds were equipped to, or like 21, 22, were equipped to. I guess deal with real life especially if you're going freelance you don't really know um, how to I guess place yourself financially firstly um, how to do your taxes um, all of those things or like even register as a freelancer yeah, you know you're, you're not taught any of that no none of it you should be taught I think yeah, so I think there should be a course in that yeah I think you should have workshops with. and mm. stuff but I remember so I graduated last year in July and since then it's just been like just I don't know weeks and upon weeks of just like anxiety and I guess I'm a very existential person so I always feel like I have to be doing something important at all times you know or like I feel like I have a purpose and I have to I guess follow that path um and so I find it very hard to relax and I think that that's what made this whole my whole situation a bit worse and that's kind of what drove me 
to hustle um, and network and try to get as many freelance jobs as possible. And I did assist as well because I think that for me I'm at a stage where I'm trying to find my own voice in photography but at the same time I really want to learn from people who are experienced because this is the type of industry where you have to have several years of a foundation um, and understand you know what what you're doing technically as well um, and you know different printing methods and how to develop your own film how to like use different equipment stuff like that but that only comes with time you know and learning from people who know better and, yeah and also the fact that you want to learn and you know that okay you might have your aesthetic but there is so much more to learn. Yeah. It's not like, this is my thing, this is what I do, this is all I want to do, yeah. that's it, chapter closed, done. So I think that coming out of uni, that was something that was very important to me, to like acknowledge that there were people who had so much to teach me and that I had to be open to doing those jobs and learning from people and um, letting, I guess, my path take its own due course, mm -hmm. you know? Um, the other thing was that, I am a very, very, like, the way I work is very DIY. So I'm always, I'm very into low budgets. I'm very into, no like, working with no money, um, putting up fabric backdrops because I can't afford, like, a big colorama, um, shooting in a tiny living room or my tiny bedroom because I can't afford a studio. And that those practices have been really ingrained in the way I work because I can create I know I can create something that I'm happy with out of very little so it's actually not about spending shitloads of money on buying the latest camera equipment and buying the latest backdrops and the lights and it's it's more about your vision and what you want to create from what you have yeah I think to an extent like equipment is nice to have yeah um and learning how to use different kinds of equipment is nice to do but ultimately I always think it's about the vision you have and how you want to create it most of my favorite pictures were taken on like you know a, a camera like a film camera I bought from the charity shop for like two pounds on the cheapest kind of film and I don't specifically work only on film I work with digital a lot and that's a much cheaper way of working because obviously you can take multiple photos for very cheap and it, you just need to invest in the camera and the camera I started out with and like I was shooting with up until last year was I guess like the cheapest Canon digital SLI could you get you know mm. because I couldn't afford it um and I'm still like very happy with the pictures I took on that um I did recently upgrade my equipment but I don't share that because I don't think of like for me I don't think equipment matters I think it's what you do with the equipment you have and you don't necessarily have to have a lot with it it's just about the story you're trying to tell the people I guess if you're shooting people or the subject um, and how you execute it and how honest your story is because people will see when there's honesty and th truth behind a concept and like behind photos nobody's going to ask you what lens you use. yeah no one's going to be sitting there saying like oh did you use a canon mark 5d yeah exactly nobody's going to ask you because it's ultimately what you see you know mm. and how you use your equipment so for those youngsters out there it's not it's not all about equipment. It's it's about I your mean, vision. I mean, I'm I'm young too. Yeah, I'm you are young too. <laughs> <laughs> younger, younger than me. But you know, it's 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 really about 
we talk about this a lot it's like what do you actually want what's the life that you want to create and I guess when it comes to the body of work it's like what do you want to create in that and what I guess matters the most yeah um I feel like when the first time you met me um and this has stuck with me like for since I met you we only met so like for those listening we met a bit over a year ago and we're best mates yeah now. Like, it, feels, it feels like I've known you my whole life so yeah, it's weird when literally. we actually say like oh we only from no, is, it, is, it, is it only a year so I met you last year in March and the you gave me the most valuable advice anyone has ever given me you <laughs> oh my god really yeah yeah, you did it was and it was exactly what i needed to hear that time i was one month away from graduating and you said you only have one life what are you going to do with it you know do you want to sit in an office you know from a certain time to a certain time and like move up that way or do you want to uh like how do you want to learn what do you want to get from it and are you comparing yourself to people in this moment? Um, Do you know what I mean? Like, are you constantly comparing yourself to people and are you happy doing that? You know? Damn, I didn't know I was a life coach as well. You were, literally, a one-hour business meeting. (laughs) We had a business meeting, yeah, because I was, like, obsessed with your work and I was like, I need to meet this girl. And and again, when you're you're talking about the body of work, there was something... So I came to, like, the skinny dip... um, Sisterhood panel. Sisterhood panel, that's it. Um, And I was like... I'd been following you before, but... I actually went to that panel just to meet you. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And obviously to We didn't meet there. Then. But we didn't meet because you no. were getting swamped by people. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to just meet you and it's like a hello thing. So, yeah, I set up a business meeting. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, here we are recording episode four, which, yeah. is, which is mad. But then again, it's like, I believe in timing and I believe you meet people for the right reason. And we met at the right time as much as you've learned you're saying that I've passed on some advice I'm learning as much from you so it's definitely a two-way thing but also I feel like a lot of our values and a lot of what we talk about they're they're aligned you know and that's what makes a great relationship yeah (laughs) oh my god (laughs) wow deep Deep. no but honestly everything you told me in that meeting I really took on board because I think that since then I guess I questioned what I wanted after graduating and that really I really started to think about whether I wanted to I guess intern for a big company and move up that way and I was really seriously considering that because I was like I think that's going to make me happy because I'm going to get money from that mm-hmm. and that's what I need right now you know yeah and it's like even you, you we're saying about this advice I was only able to give you that advice because of the experience you had experienced it exactly i had and i guess now that i look back it's there was a period of yeah like dark times and i don't want to give it that over term of 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 saying depression because everyone deals with depression in different ways but like i was dealing with like anxiety and the question that it was just like a repetitive question that i had in my mind from morning till evening uh, without going into a philosophical philosophical chat yeah yeah. but um the question i always had is like what does it mean to be successful yeah and i feel like a lot of people my age younger millennials gen z all that jazz there is this question of success what does what does that mean and i think especially in the 
Asian South Asian community I'm, I'm talking specifically in the Punjabi community as well there's this definition of success it's like you should be married by a certain age yeah. you should have kids by a certain age if you have um, a nice house a nice car like that's being successful and yeah. that is um, success equals happiness yeah and I was like this is bullshit man like this this is sorry it's not bullshit like for some people yeah that's fine that works for you and I'm not I'm not saying that's a bad thing like getting married having kids having a house but for me at that moment in my life I started questioning is this what I want yeah like do I want to settle down do I want to have kids yeah of course everyone wants to meet the one or you know everyone wants to have that level of security but for me I was like this is not success to me success success isn't to success being successful isn't built on materialistic things it's not built on having fancy schmancy holidays and driving lovely cars and all the rest of it i'm not saying that's a bad thing i'm just saying for me personally that isn't what that isn't successful yeah like it is successful but that's not how i term success Mm -hmm. in 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 my eyes and yeah i i guess i was able to give you that advice because I've just done a lot of questioning and I'm yeah. always questioning and exploring that what does it mean to be successful and even for us I guess it's two very our answers will be very very different yeah but there are probably similarities where they are aligned which is um why we get on so well so if someone was to say to you you know what is successful is successful to you you know yes amazing that you've got this exhibition but is it the output or is it the journey or is it like an amalgamation of things? I think right now, I just kind of want to make enough money doing what I'm happy... Like, doing what makes me happy. Mm. Um, It's as simple as that, really. I think after I graduated, I've been so good with money, just generally. I don't really spend that much. I think I'm very mindful about what I spend it on, um, which is really important to me. And I know a lot of people can't do that. Um... Like, I love food and I'll go out and, like, have a nice meal and that's kind of my treat. But uh, I I don't know, even, like, just the way I live now, I'm trying to be most sustainable. So even with my clothes, um, just, you know, what I, if I, I buy things I need and if I don't know if I need them, I don't, I, I think twice about it, just things like that. So that's really helped me, I guess, realize that I don't need as much as I thought I needed. Mm. Um, for me, success comes out of making something that I'm proud of. Um, it's very, I guess, rooted in um, what I want to create and what I want to say. Because I think the feedback I get and the way it touches people is more important to me than anything else that is success to me you know and being able Mm. to exhibit it like I am doing at the exhibition on such a big platform is just the cherry on the cake you know eventually I want to make maybe a photo book maybe do like a solo exhibition things like that but I think it'll happen in its due course yeah it will be and like everything that's happened so far it'll be like a natural progression and I think once you kind of trust that process and kind of surrender to it it will just be a positive thing yeah. and it, it's also the perspective and the outlook that you have like from me going from a permanent job to going freelance when things weren't going my way it's like why isn't this happening like why you know like things should be happening a certain way and they're not and it made me question 
again everything it made me question everything from having that job from exactly what you're saying from because I I guess I started off like interning so many different places work my way up in a company and then I was like this is not really the life that I want to lead yeah and I think when you kind of have that realization if you ignore it it's um it's not good (laughs) I'm telling you I'm I'm saying from experience and when you kind of just surrender and you trust like okay everything is happening in the way it should be happening you're more likely to I don't know attract that kind of positivity as well the positivity positivity that you put out yeah and um this kind of leads me to the to the next thing it's like a lot of the work that you you put out um is obviously on on instagram Mm -hmm. and it is focused around that social media platform yeah because it's i guess it's like yeah like a window into your world yeah and we've spoken about anxiety and mental health like do you feel pressure to be putting stuff out like do you have a schedule like okay i need to be posting 6 p.m every single day yeah and like oh my ig stories need to be going out at 2 p.m like do you have like a content calendar and i guess does it affect your yeah does it affect you because that's just one side of you isn't it yeah it's not it's not not the be all and end all and do you do you feel yeah do you feel pressure that you have to be creating stuff and if you've been on a shoot like it needs to be on instagram like straight away or you need the images like do do you have that kind of i don't know what the word is no i get what you mean just like feel like over the last year i've i don't know when i was when i started i felt like because i was a lot smaller and i wasn't i guess i wasn't getting jobs that paid uh, I was working for free a lot I felt the pressure more now I don't care like I'll upload once every two months once a month like twice in three days like I don't really care I think I feel the pressure a lot less just because um I feel like I'm making work that I'm proud of like I I don't know I see the growth in my work and I see how over time, over the last three years, my style has changed a bit. I'm more confident in my work the way I... I, I don't know. It's just like technically I know a lot more and um, I'm capturing visuals in the way I want to capture them as opposed to, say, a year ago where there were things that there was that were slightly missing. So I do find... I personally think that social media in general is very toxic for me um, because I'm, I don't know, I, I think everyone's addicted to it. Like, I open it without even knowing why I've opened Instagram and I'll check my notifications. So I, re- no, I switched my notifications off like a year and a half ago, which was really, really good for my mental health. So I don't see anything from Instagram. Mm-hmm. And when I upload something, I'll upload and disappear for like a day. Like, I won't open it. Um, really that's so good yeah because like i don't know i just because you have that tendency like when you've posted i do it it's like yeah. you posted something it's like oh like you want to see like who's interacted with you like, yeah and for me it's like even when people like stuff i'm like fine but i love it when people message me yeah like, when people dm me especially if it's someone that i don't really sounds really weird but if i don't know them like and it's building up that, that yeah um that kind of yeah that kind of chat and I've noticed, especially from the events that I've done, if people have come, there is that level where people are like, oh my God, you're exactly the same as you are on Instagram. On Instagram. Yeah. And it's just like, 
yeah like why would I be any different but I sometimes do feel um pressure like if it's an event like I need to upload it straight away no I don't feel that anymore just because I think I used to post like not personal stories but I used to post you know like if I went out and I was with someone and I'd take a picture of them I'd post it on my story now I'm a bit more mindful about what I post on my stories just generally because I think that it's also a privacy issue Mm. um for me uh I think I want to associate my Instagram with my work and also I don't upload all of my work on Instagram it's just here and there like most of the work most of the projects I've worked on aren't on Instagram it's just enough to give people I guess like like a teaser yeah like people who are following me to see what kind of work I make and then brands who want to work with me uh yeah a bit of like a selected a selective portfolio in a sense but most of the projects I worked on over the last year are just not there they're not on like I don't share them online Unless that's your choice not yeah to personally yeah. because I think that the the path I want for my work at the moment is more for print and I guess exhibitions and if maybe in the future photo books so a lot of the work that I have I'm saving for that and I think that's like for me I know I absorb work better and I guess I I'm more inspired by work when I can see it in front of me and I don't want people to see my work and like scroll past do you know what I mean like you don't want it to be so disposable yeah Yeah. I don't want it to be and I think Instagram has turned um art into content do you know what I mean it's so it's not it's not a piece that somebody has put several hours into anymore it's a piece you double tap uh, like it's a you know it's a piece of content you double tap and scroll past so for those of you who are listening and aren't familiar with your work Alia what kind of themes do you explore in your body of work or when you're capturing a story oh what I like to shoot basically yeah what do you like to shoot um well as I said before I um I have recently been exploring my queer identity because I came out a couple of years ago as queer and so and I haven't really been able to I I guess before that I never really felt like I could explore that side of myself because I grew up with a lot of censorship as well just in the media generally like when I'd go to the cinema in India everything would be censored obviously section 377 was only uh, decriminalized last year was it yeah end of last year Um, but while I was in high school it was very much like um, you know be I mean it still is you can't get married if you're if you're queer in India um but yeah so I've recently been exploring that side of myself uh and working I guess with those themes and then I started another project um in 2015 that was that explored um being mixed race so being mixed race with part Indian heritage and it's called so you're basically white um and nobody's seen any work from this it's like a huge body of work with almost 60 images with 25 different women wow um who I shot over the period like from 2015 up until last year 
so a long long time and I think I've posted one picture just because I wanted I was casting through Instagram uh, and that was really therapeutic because I had never actually met that many people who were mixed race with who were also I guess South Asian mm. and because I found that when 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 I often meet people they try to take away I, I, I think what's the word um I guess take away some of my Asianness so they don't they like it's kind of like I need to convince them that I'm Indian Do you yeah know what so I mean? they, they kind of assume something and then it's like well no, yeah you're just assuming something yeah exactly and I get this all the time and people always say oh where's your accent from no I disagree that your accent sounds like it's Indian or like they'll be like oh you don't look Indian you look I don't know like Middle Eastern or like South American or I don't know European Italian yeah I'm half Italian but it's I don't know it's something that mixed race people get all the time so being able to explore it in my work and kind of tackle those issues and understand how other people in my situation with different experiences feel um, was a really amazing project for me. Um, so those are kind of the two big things that I like to focus on. But also, you know, I'm a queer, fat, mixed race woman. And I think that we haven't seen, I guess, people like the perspective, like, I guess visuals from people like me, you know, growing up. Obviously, we never, none of us. No, yeah. Most yeah. people listening even, to this, even now, used to, yeah, yeah. Like, even we, today, we, we don't. don't. Yeah. We just don't see yeah. a representation in the way that we want to see it. And I feel like if I can do my part um, to change that, maybe in the next, you know, ten, twenty, thirty years, that would be my biggest success. You know. Like, I feel like that's, that is the part, that is a movement I want to be part of. I know that it's like, I think we need a whole load of people being a part of it. And I just want to be like a puzzle piece in this movement, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, massively. Um... Because even we, we, we spoke about, like, plus-size models. And yeah. even, you know, like, sometimes when I see, like, campaigns and stuff, and it's just like you're still really pretty and you got curves yeah it's it's just there's no kind of you know body diversity mm. um i mean diversity in so many different kinds of ways and there's so much tokenism as well and my whole ethos is um i really think at the moment mainstream media need people behind the scenes as well as in front of the like behind yeah so like behind the camera behind the scenes as well as like models in front of it mm. and not just models like normal people i really believe anyone can model it doesn't matter what size you are how tall you are you know how old you are what your background is i think if you have literally if you if you're a person you have what it takes to be a model and i think just fashion in general need to change their mentality i don't know if it will soon i hope i don't it know will. if it will i mean i feel like things are moving slowly but I guess we want things to be moving faster yeah. to that level and it and exactly what you said it's like it has to start with that core base those that the core team doesn't it yeah. and it's like you can't be working on a project that is I don't know that is about south asian queer you know people when your whole team is white, middle-aged yeah. men. Yeah, literally. Let's just say. Literally. Um and you can tell when a story is honest like 
we, because you can just tell because even when brands and businesses like they're like oh you know like we've done like a workshop and we've spoken to these people and it's just like yeah but your 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 team is like all straight guys yeah creating this campaign like yeah so we just need to move away from the heteronormative cis white gays male white male male gays gays, yeah yeah. Mm. um i think that people should also acknowledge their privilege like you know um that's also really important and i guess um we're we're in a time now where um we just need to be mindful about what we're talking about and whether we have the right to talk talk about certain things and whether we experience those things and can talk from a you know from an honest place yeah and i know the word like authentic oh yeah exactly sorry i didn't want to say as cringe as that is as cringe but it's relevant and it's like that word gets thrown around like too much and it's like almost the value of that word is is being lost but how authentic is that and you know does that campaign or body of work encompass that yeah so i guess like if you were to describe my work i think i'm trying to be as genuine and authentic and i'm doing this in quote air quotes yeah but, but you know uh, can i just correct you alia it's you're not trying you are girl you are <laughs> thanks yeah. i'm very bad at like accepting compliments yeah. i'm like Accept no it. don't take that it. away from me <laughs> i've been waiting to drop that in and it's like you're having it you're taking it because you are and it's like how amazing that even you're saying about this project of work the the mixed race one and like how many women obviously got in contact with you yeah. through this and you you put a casting out through insta and yeah. bam and then you scheduled it and uh, i, I want to see this whole body i know i've seen a little sneak you, peek well, well, well poonam saying this <laughs> pretending like she hasn't seen the whole book that i've made because i have made a photo book it's just like i'm waiting for a publisher so if you know any if you have any plugs please um, <laughs> hook a brother up. send them my way yeah. i have a whole body of work but yeah. um, no i have seen it and it is amazing um and you should you should take the compliments yeah you should you should acknowledge the compliments i'm so bad at that i think yeah i think it's hard you know when because it's coming from a, i'm saying it from a good place i'm not yeah. saying it like you to know. gas me up yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but it is and it's like because that and that's that's the reason why again like we met and we've connected in so many ways because we connected essentially through your work yeah so you know and that's you so i mean for those of you listening the second time i met poonam i shot i took <laughs> photos of her in a studio <laughs> like uh, that was the coriander queens yeah, yeah 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 if you guys look back at my instagram you'll find it but that was the second time we ever met and that was such a sick shoot as well wasn't it yeah believe we're about to wrap up this episode um my next question was off record like what we're gonna eat for lunch because we need to eat something so have a think about that yeah Um, (laughs) and um yeah thank you so much for giving your time and coming to chat i know we chat all the time and i've been dying to record this episode with you um (laughs) since we kind of well since i was like um what do you think about me starting a podcast and you're like yeah just do it yeah i know what, what are you waiting for um so yeah thanks so much for coming and um yeah, sharing your story with everyone. No, thank and, you for having me. Uh, it was so welcome. nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like us just chatting normally, isn't it? All the time. All yeah. the time, constantly, but just, you know, in a, shifting it into a time scale. Yeah. So, Alia, where can people find you? So, on Instagram, it's at A8, the number 8, L-I-A, um, A8-L-I-A, and 
that's my Twitter too, but I'm not that active. And then if you're in London on the 25th or between the 25th of June till the 1st of July, um, please come to the exhibition. It's going to be amazing. Um, I'd love to see you there. I'll probably be around. Come on down. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. Hope you guys have all enjoyed this episode and we look forward to bringing out something special uh, for the next one. And if you don't follow, follow at underscore YSM8 and yesmateevents at gmail.com if you want to drop me a line. You got my number. Holla. Laters.